Andre Segovia Show. Welcome to the program, everyone. I'm Andres, and I am on the road. So you might hear some background noise you're not, probably not used to. But since I'm driving long distances, looking at the Pacific Coast right now, I figure, why don't I bring you along with me, since I have no one else in here with me at, at the moment. So it gets a little lonely on the long stretches of drive. Not that I, I don't mind. It's one of my therapies. You know, I, I really enjoy drives where I don't have to deal with traffic. And that's one of my cases right now where I'm heading towards an appointment as of this recording. So just figured, you know what? Go along with me. This is my therapeutic sessions. Okay. Well, in this episode, I wanted to, to basically uh, do a bit of a wrap-up of the first quarter so far. Especially as I'm, I'm heading towards my one-year anniversary episode and I have something different planned for that I I wanted to experiment with something different and I'll tease it at the end of this episode but um, a lot of the stuff that that I talked about especially this this year so far um, has either been the highs or the lows but definitely more on the serious tones I I, I like to keep things add some levity to uh, to certain episodes but um, I understand when there's panics, especially now with the whole coronavirus scare. People are, are still waiting on the wings to see how the American consumer is going to react to all this. Because we are entering the hot summer market. But will people be going out to buy if they're afraid that everywhere is a coronavirus hotspot? Um, what if the house they're walking into is is infested? You know, there are going to be people have that have genuine concerns. And that is the concern as how is how much to what if to what extent is this virus going to have an effect on the economy and i kind of touched on it on my previous episode so you kind of missed it if, if you if you kind of blink you miss it kind of thing i talked about housing being the safety net for the economy housing should if and when we hit the recession because eventually there will be one globally okay housing here is what will keep us afloat but if the housing market is hit because of this whole coronavirus scare, it might dampen our abilities to uh, withstand a recession caused by the virus scare. To which I did a PSA episode last week, and which I'm going to piggyback right on this one, is to not contribute to the mass hysteria. Because when there are moments of panic... Well, when there's, a, when there's a serious issue, panic only makes it worse, which is why there's always this debate. Should we let the public know or not let the public know? They have to know, but how do we break it to them where they don't get all crazy? Because what's going on with the, the, hyster- with the coronavirus scare? We have people fighting in the aisles of stores, battling over toilet paper, napkins, maybe disinfecting wipes stocking up on stuff just hoarding everything they can they wiped out the cheap water bottles they've stashed up on them you know they 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 bought up all the face masks they're not available homedepot.com lowes.com amazon.com and those that are available the the scalpers and the price gougers are out there 200 plus dollars for a pack of 10 when they used to cost like 10 bucks you know because they're trying to capitalize off the hysteria 
see, the, the thing is that when you contribute to the hysteria, the professionals on the front lines that need the supply, the industries that rely on these things for daily operations no longer have access to these products. Because people are stashing up like it's the Y2K all over again. I've seen this thing before, 20 years ago. Storing up food, going to the army surplus, buying up bulletproof vests because the road warriors are going to be taking over the streets. The banking systems are going to fail. You know, there's a lot of different things to look at this. So I, I got to use this example of keeping a cool head to navigate through this. Some years ago, my uh, this is before my, my, my sons, any of my sons were born, so I really had my daughter. Uh, we were in Taiwan, my wife my, being pregnant at the time. Sorry about that. I'm driving. <laughs> so my uh, my wife and I were pregnant with uh, with our second child. Just about five months in, and we were uh, uh, we were in Taiwan uh, just after New Year's to be with the family. So the one evening we're um, we're at a, a, one of our friends' house, and I'm setting up a movie. Uh, and the, this condo that they live in, they had indoor pets. My daughter was about. Uh, I would say a year and 10 months at the time so she was small and had the habit of just jumping and leaping around like any other kid would do so there was this couch uh, long enough wide enough couch my wife sat on one end and my uh, one of our friends sat at the other end and my daughter would be jumping from one side to the other you know just having fun I am setting up the movie for the rest of us to be able to watch my daughter somehow instead of jumping from side to side, somehow ends up flying forward. And when she flies forward, she hits her head uh, just the, right above the right eye. She hits uh, this glass coffee table that's there. It didn't, the, the coffee table didn't shatter. But she hits the side of the coffee table, starts crying, my wife picks her up, and, and I'm like, great, there we go. Movie night is ruined. Because now we gotta deal with this crying baby. As soon as I finished thinking that, suddenly this gush of blood burst above my daughter's head. I'm like, oh snap! She got cut on that glass table. And then everybody else was just panicking at the, the sight of just gushing blood. And my, my wife, pregnant, holding her, was just freaking out. So then I knew immediately what to do. I, I calmly asked and I had a I needed a translator from someone, but I, I was a friend I understood English because it's everybody spoke Mandarin. But I was able to <clears throat> talk to one of my friends that had some uh, some English uh, command of the English language, and said, "Okay, do they have rubbing alcohol, and do they have swabs? I need that, and I need uh, um, like a, a bandage to 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 cap it with." So they did have an emergency kit, which was good. They did have rubbing alcohol. So I was telling my, my wife and a friend because my daughter was just flailing about, freaking out because now there's blood. She hasn't, she's in pain, now there's blood. And my wife is like turning pale. So this is happening and I'm being calm, cool and collected. And I said, hold her down, let me clean up, let me clean up the, the blood. And as I was trying to get to that, no one was, was able to hold my daughter down. So I like, okay, fine, I'll hold my daughter down. I need you guys to do what I just told you to do. So I held my daughter down. And a friend was just traumatized from all the blood that they just couldn't, they, they couldn't address and trying to get the blood. So I'm trying to get them to stop the bleeding. 
and I needed to, to apply the alcohol. I know it's gonna burn, but there are indoor pets, dogs and cats. I don't know if they're all clean. You know, so I need them to be on point. But no one was able to address the emergency concerns at that moment because everybody was freaking out. So the only solution they came up with was somebody calling a cab to take us to the to the emergency room. And I said, why are we gonna go to the hospital? They're gonna do the very thing I'm telling you to do. And they're also gonna suggest to stitch her up. And when they're gonna try to stitch her up, they will not put an anesthetic on her because they need her awake to do it. She's too young. And I said, we gotta do this. So I try to rally the troops, get this done. Everybody was panicked, nobody could do it. I managed to to uh, slow the bleeding, and we ended up going to the hospital anyway. It's like, because oh, nobody was brave enough to do this. So we got to the hospital. We were we were um, uh, admitted immediately, and when we're there. The, doc- the doctors and nurses are treating my daughter, and they're talking to my wife. My wife's Taiwanese, so they're talking to my wife. So then my wife comes to me and say, "Hey, look, um, they're gonna clean the wound. They're gonna disinfect it." And they're gonna put a bandage on it, but before they put the bandage, they're gonna stitch her up. I'm like, hun, I told you already. First off, she doesn't need stitches. And secondly, they are not gonna apply an anesthetic on her. She has to be awake. It's gonna hurt like crazy. She's already in pain. My daughter, who couldn't talk yet, was being was able to muster the words, all done, all done. It was her way of saying, I wanna go home. And I understood the desperation from my daughter. She was freaked out even more that we're even at the doctor's, uh, like the, the, the hospital. So when my wife relayed, let, well, asked for more clarification from the doctors, like, okay, so um, how's this gonna go down? The doctor said exactly what I said was gonna happen. They could not sleep her. They could not put anesthetic. She needs to be awake to put the stitches on her. So I had told my wife, look, the only reason they're gonna suggest to do stitches is to reduce scarring. Because they're afraid, oh, she's going to have a scar and then it'll show. Honey, least of my concerns, our daughter's in pain. She's suffering. Let us get this over with. So when she asked about the necessity for stitches, the, the doctor said, oh, it's to reduce her uh, the visibility of a scar. She doesn't really need stitches, but if you want to reduce the, uh, the scar, you know, for beauty's sake, then we could stitch her up. And I said, no. So what do they do? They disinfected the wound. They put a bandage on her and sent us on our way. The very thing I relied on people to help me get done in the confines and comfort of where we were staying. But instead we had to go through more panic and trauma. We had to endure the process another hour and a half to two hours longer for what could have been resolved a lot earlier. With my daughter terrified. And here's the thing, I told you my wife was about four to five months pregnant. She was having contractions, she was so freaked out. I was trying to get things to resolve so my wife would calm down too. There was a real danger of her miscarrying. So when we finally got home, midnight, whatever it was, and we're lying down the bed, our daughter between us, she's sniffling as she's, my daughter sniffling as she's asleep because of the, the just the trauma, the emotional trauma she was enduring from all this and the pain that she was going through. My wife finally relieved of her tears because she was crying for so long. And just having our daughter between us, and she she just looks at me and asks me, 
How did you keep it together? How did you not get so, you know, like, why don't you get into a panic? Tell her, honey, I was just as panicked as you were. But I had no time to give in to the panic. We needed to jump into action for the sake of our daughter and for your sake. What if we lost the baby too? You know, in, in addition to our daughter getting injured like this. And said, so now that the, that the panic is over and we're lying down, go to sleep so I can cry. <laughs> it's like I can finally let it all out. And that's just it, folks. We need calm, cool, collected heads and minds to navigate through the panic. Because causing panic, being at each other's throats, is not helping the situation. It's only going to make it worse. The media is not helping. They should be held accountable for the, the fear-mongering, the perpetuating, because they're making it worse than it has to be. Instead of calling for calm. Instead of trying to be divided politically over it. Look, I weighed in on this in my, my off-the-record episode last week, so by all means, go to com so you can listen to what I had to say about that without any worries for the censors and the, and, uh, the gatekeepers. You know? So just keep that in mind that we need calm cool collected heads we'll see where things land when all this is said and done but now that I've ex- like kind of vented about this because it's a continuing concern I, and I just continue to implore you please by all means uh, uh, keep calm collected and keep on keeping on you know um, uh, on the brighter side of things that as you know life goes on regardless of what else is happening life goes on and as I'm reaching my one year anniversary I, I wanted to experiment with a few things uh, because I, I also am looking to see possibly doing another book giveaway because I want to get my book into as many hands as possible. And you forgot that I wrote a book. Come on. How did you forget I wrote a book? It's on my website. But yeah, you can go to Amazon.com. Only available in print. I'm not doing a Kindle on that one on purpose because pick up a book, people. Don't read on the screen your whole life. You're going to damage your eyes. I love books. But I'm also I'm also looking to give another book update because... I'm hoping to release soon my third book in my serialized series of my romantic comedy of Enoch, The Many Misadventures of Enoch Bellagio. I haven't given a book update in quite some time because I had a priority on a different book, but I'm excited about finally concluding the first story arc for Enoch uh, because it's setting up the stage for the next story arc, which is another uh, book series that continues this. Um, so just I've been having a lot of fun writing and it's just uh, it's been a, a great journey. And I'm looking to see how I incorporate all that as I near my first anniversary. But I wanted to experiment with something. I enjoyed the feedback, positive and negative. The feedback, that's the whole point of the show, to get engaged, to connect with all of you. Because there's going to be some that agree and some that don't on things that I cover here. And that's fine. But more, but when I do an educational segment, I'm educating you on things that are. And I ask for input as to how I can better answer and in some cases service, uh, answer your questions and service your needs. Because that's what I wanted. So I'm, I'm thinking about playing with this idea of my news roundup series, my most experimented on segment. I'm looking to do the segment live so I could take your questions on the air as I'm covering this. So I'm planning on do, doing this on a schedule because I would have to and also to schedule a premiere uh, I am debating whether it'll be a Facebook live 
or a YouTube or maybe even a simulcast because uh, I could. But I'll see which one I decide to do because I'm, I'm, looking to, I'm looking to really engage with you. I want to connect with you. And look, for what I do here, yes, it's a platform for me to remind you that I am a real estate broker. I'm here to service your needs, whether you're a seller or a buyer, whether you're a tenant. You know, if you're looking to see how you can graduate from becoming a tenant to becoming a homeowner, that's what I'm here to help you with. The pride and joy that I had last Thanksgiving was being able to have three first-time home buyers under the same roof. It was a beautiful thing. Three different home buyers, three different walks of life, different age groups altogether, from millennials to even younger than millennials to those that are a little older than millennials. You know, it was such a beautiful thing because the American dream is alive and well. And it's attainable. You can too. And I'm here to help you get over that next next step. Get over that hurdle. So I want to be able to help you, to connect with you. So I'm planning on some, uh, some additions to the show that will help me better connect with you, the audience. Because that's the whole point. And I want to do it. So just stay tuned for the Andres Segovia show. Exciting things are coming up. And I'm looking forward to having you along for the ride and also making you part of the ride. So stay tuned. So like, share, subscribe, stay in the know. Follow me on the socials. Twitter might be going away from me. It's too toxic, but I'll keep you posted on that. But until then, still follow me there for some updates. Uh, most of all, Facebook where I post everything and YouTube where I do the, 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 the video segment of the show. So check that out as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Under Segovia Show. As always, I'll see you on the next one.